Welcome to the True Safety Podcast with Apollonia Rockwell, where each week you hear from safety industry experts and leaders discussing safety culture, team development, and the future of the safety industry. If you are looking for help with your safety program or have questions, head to truesafetyservices.com slash podcast. Let's get started. All right, welcome everyone for another episode of the True Safety Podcast. And we are here filming a round two with Tom Carson with Sospis. And I am so excited to chat with you again. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Apollonia. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited because we almost just filmed an entire podcast just talking about this podcast. So I'm happy that we finally hit the record button, but the conversation offline was really sparking and it was around mental health. And this is something that I'm really excited to talk about because it's so relevant in our world right now in the safety industry. And um, something that I'd love to just dive deeper with you on is the mental health and the workplace. We talk about health and safety so much, but in your eyes and your point of view, what have you discovered or what's your philosophy around the state of mental health in the workplace right now? What are some thoughts that you have? Sure. I'm not sure I have a philosophy around it, but I certainly have a lot of observations. Um, I don't think it's there aren't very many safety professionals that in the best of times feel like they've got a lot of spare time. And so if you think about it, even, even in a normal environment, safety professionals tend to have a lot of, they tend to deal with a lot of stress. There's a lot of pressure on them to get uh, for the results, for the desired result of keeping their workers safe. And when you layer on what's going on in the last two years with with the pressures that COVID created, I think this stress just multiplies. And and one of the one of the things that that we've heard, I mean, I hear I hear from our customers all the time. We, when we check in, we see how they're doing. We see how they're, you know, how what we can do to help. It's it's there's a lot of discussion about. I was busy before. I'm really busy now. Mm-hmm. And there's and there's a whole there's a whole new layer of awareness, I think, with that stress is causing uh, leading to a recognition of mental health issues, not just with the safety professionals, but with all of the, the workers in many workplaces. So so th- this is a real thing. And I think the fact that people are more comfortable talking about it now than they've ever been probably reflects that it's broadly on everybody's mind and it it can't just be ignored. It needs to be addressed uh, openly. Absolutely. And here's some things that ran through my mind while listening to you there is that it's not just the overwhelmed safety professional. And I love what one of your clients said is that, or the, the feedback that you're getting is safety professionals are right now thinking I was already busy before just doing the basics and now add into let's say our job market right now in our labor market right now where safety professionals are probably dealing with a lot of turnover a lot of businesses are dealing with a lot of turnover and that's frustrating on every layer of the business from leadership to the safety team to even the the field team the boots on the ground they're 
in unfamiliar territories themselves and their new their co-workers are constantly changing so there's a lot of change right now and that can I can see adding that will add a, to all the stress that was already there and so um so one thing that I want to ask you about is so let's talk about the overwhelmed safety professional because I've been there I've been the in-house safety director for a construction oil and gas company and we've had spikes in incidents before where we're dealing with three incidents that this month and I'm looking at myself like I'm going to get fired you know this this looks like I'm not doing my job because the company's having accidents incidents and so where, where's the light at the end of the tunnel? How can you speak to safety professionals that are feeling overwhelmed right now? Maybe they have a lot of turnover at their workplace. Um, there's incidents going on left and right. They're, they're swamped with training, with site visits. Where's the next step for me? It's a great question. The stress can come from all all kinds of sources, I guess, and some of them some of them are in our control, and some of them aren't. So there's there's at least a little bit of an element of of being able to step back and objectively look at what are the things I'm worried about, <clears throat> and if they're if they're things I can actually impact, then I should focus on those. If they're things that I can't impact there's there's a part of you that just has to be willing to have the, uh, the, the the patience, I guess, to put those aside and let's focus on what we can impact. So an awful lot of an awful lot of stress in some of the folks I talk to seems to arise from just feeling that that there's no that there's not a, a way to organize the events that cascade as a result of an incident, for instance. Well, I, I think you can address that. I mean, that's that's what safety management systems are all about. It's a set of processes and procedures that give everybody direction on what do you do when something happens? What do we do to prevent things uh, from happening? That's That's getting workers, for instance, to recognize and report hazards so they can be addressed before they turn into an incident. Mm -hmm. These are the fundamental, these are the fundamental building blocks of any good safety management system. Um, of course, as a software guy, I think that software can provide a lot of leverage to help a safety person uh, use their experience and their knowledge to, to be more efficient uh, in managing their safety, their safety system. But but having a having a solid and established set of procedures and processes in place mm -hmm. um, ahead of time is, is a huge help. And if you don't have that, it's, it's, it's time to get it. I completely agree with you. And when I was describing the story, when I was an in-house safety professional and we're having incidents left and right, I'm having a stack of papers of near misses from the, the field, from our shop, from the drivers that are all remote and they're sending pictures. It was a lot to manage. And I didn't have a safety management system. And I think that networking with safety professionals to this day, a lot of people still don't know what a, a safety management system, what an EHS software can provide. So you're talking about step one, having, having the fundamentals in place 
And, you know, having something, having systems and processes in place where you're managing incidents the same way every time, where you're tracking your near misses, your hazards the same way every time. So that way it's not just chaos every single day. So what does that, what are some more of those fundamentals you manage incident management, hazard identification? What are some, um, what else can a, a software, an EHS software provide? Um, because this is something that I wish I would have had. <laughs> this would have really helped me out and I did not have one. I, I, I think it would help a lot of people out. I, I, again, I want <clears throat> I think it's important to, to distinguish between the building blocks of a safety management system, which are the processes and procedures. Um, these are the and most good safety standards are built around those processes and procedures. So again, turning to ISO 45001 as an example, I mean, they specify that you need to have a way to report incidents and to investigate those and to mitigate risks identified. You need to have a way for all workers to be able to report safety concerns or identified hazards and they need to be addressed uh, in an orderly way and even to the point of changing processes or procedures or even in installing engineering controls if that's appropriate. Um, the, there's, a set of, there's a set of processes and procedures that should be developed around those guidelines of those standards. What EHS software does is it allows you to automate and document a lot of those processes and procedures. So now everybody is on the same page and there's not a lot of, there's, it tends to reduce the chaos and improve the level of control that the safety professional has and that the team has in just executing on a day-to-day -day basis. Does, does that make sense? Absolutely. What I'm hearing you say is we need to, uh, businesses, companies, they need to have these processes and systems first, and then a software can come in and bring that to life. Make sure that um, what you're implementing is one for me to make it real simple that everyone can see it because as a safety professional, I can implement these processes and these procedures and these systems, but if it's just all in my office, if it's just in the operations team's office, it's not, we still have that division between operations and leadership and safety. It's not all communicated and seen on a dashboard. It's not, it's, it's not, it's information that's not easily digestible is, is really how I see it. And a software can just help make sure that everyone is on the same page, that the employees are on the same page. And for me, the biggest piece that software brings to this is that it engages, it gives you the opportunity, it gives you the fighting chance to engage employees into this whole journey with you because you really aren't seen as the safety professional, you're not in front of the field employees every single day. You're in front of them during new hire orientation training, monthly safety meetings, some site visits. But if there was a way to connect you and your team, the, the guys and girls in the field, where they're submitting hazards to you, they're submitting um, incident data to you in live time, then that's just a piece to, to connect 
the team. Is that right? Is that feedback that you're receiving from your clients is um, the sense of connection to um, that software provides? So, so you've, you've touched on a really important element of this. I mean, software, I think of software as a force multiplier. I mean, software by itself doesn't solve problems. Yeah. Software allows you to leverage your time and solve more problems in the same amount of time, in, in a sense. But there, there's two parts of that. One is you can basically collect all of the all of the employees in an organization can become participants in the safety process. The second thing, and it, and this is a, this is just as important, and it's also beginning to get a lot more attention. DS, EHS today, I think in the last week or so, actually published a um, the results of a study on empathy. Okay. By, by leaders, and it, and sometimes one of the points they made in there is sometimes an employee just needs to be acknowledged that they've been heard with their concerns. Hmm. So. If you think about if if you really want people to be active and enthusiastic and constructive partners in identifying hazards, you have to you, they deserve feedback on on the a that you've heard their concerns and b that you're doing something about them. Mm-hmm. And and so one of the one of the key parts one of the key parts and I I think this is fairly new in in um, enterprise software systems where you're actually making it a two-way communication. Your employers are reporting issues, you know, hazards and that sort of thing. The, the um, company needs to, needs to include them on what they're doing about it so that employees see that their inputs directly drive uh, improvements uh, in the work environment. And when you have that two-way, and and when you have that two-way conversation going, again in a large company, this is hard if if you have to do it, you without any help. But the software again becomes sort of a force multiplier to to help you maintain those conversations. Yeah, my mind is exploding right now because this is this is so real life. This is um, this is something that our clients. Uh, deal with this is something that I've dealt with personally as an in-house safety director is this sense of connection with the team and how well are we doing at it. But I love what you said, because I've seen this so many times is that an employee, almost like a, I mean, we're all human. It's like, it's like a child reaching out for attention, reaching out for attention, reaching out for attention. And they're just, they're just wanting to be acknowledged that their concern has been heard, seen, validated, and addressed. And that is so difficult. I feel like it's even more difficult today, maybe than it was a few years ago, just because of um, you know, a lot of our clients aren't even doing monthly safety meetings still. There's, everything is still Zoom. Everything is still Google Meets. It's still remote. There's not a lot of connectivity within organizations um, that I'm seeing as much as it was a few years ago. It's construction companies. I mean, companies are expanding. They have job locations all over Colorado or all over the states, and their team isn't 
um, engaged and connected together. And so if there was a way to help uh, safety professionals, help a leadership team um, have that two-way communication, like you said, with an employee, that could bring to life a whole new culture or a whole new way of acting and behaving within an organization. Um, I think that that's big. So when an employee, I think it's, I want to make it very clear because not everyone knows what an EHS software is or what it does, but it's simply one piece of it, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. One piece of it is that it allows employees to submit a hazard and they're in the field and they're just really simple. They're able to take a photo of a hazard, submit it to the safety professional who's busy, may, may not even be in the same state, same city, but they're able to see it, acknowledge it, validate it, and apply action items to it. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that the exactly. employee, yeah, I mean, that's how many times did the, did the employee, that's all they wanted to know. They just wanted to know that what their concern was real. I think that that's big. And so how, what are some other feedback that um, your, your clients have given you around the employee engagement piece of it and how much it's helped their company? Well, I, in, in customer after customer, when, when they begin, and a lot of times you have to, I'm a big believer in sort of a crawl, walk, run you know, approach to implementing these things. Absolutely. But, but invariably when they, when, when customers begin to implement the observation component, this is what allows uh, employees to report concerns. And sometimes they just report good things they see. That's okay too. Yeah, that's great. So, so it shouldn't, yeah, it shouldn't all be <laughs> downside things. But, the, but when they start reporting those, what ends up happening, what ends up happening if the company responds uh, the way that we advise them to is that you end up opening a dialogue. And so an awful lot of making people feel included is to be able to have the ability to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. So it, there's there's an intangible or a soft benefit, if, if you will, beyond I found out that there's a broken stair, you know, handrail on a stairway in a, on the side of a tank, you know, that that needs to be fixed. But the idea that employees, when they see companies take actions for the concerns or even report back to them that, well, that was a good observation. We appreciate it. Here's here's why here's what we're going to do about it. And it doesn't have to be, you know, maybe what the employee had in mind, but but you're talking. Yeah. Yeah. And, and once you start talking, you're behaving like a team. And when you behave like a, a team with common goals, then this is this is what builds a a rapport and a, a trust. A, a, a trust and the kind of environment where people recognize that, hey, we really are watching out for each other. Yeah, yeah. And you don't have to go very far far to find example after example of the positive benefits that has on a company's performance. Uh, and productivity improves, uh, incidents almost always go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cost and duration of, of incidents uh, decreases even when you do have them. 
Mm-hmm. And the, the benefits are, are, are amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, if we could only imagine the employee's standpoint is, Hey, there's a, either an incentive program or not, but I was asked to submit near misses or ha- hazards and positive or negative. And let's say I did one of those and I did one of those and I did one of those and no one is following up with me. I would think I'm not doing this again. This is ridiculous. Like exactly. Okay, I'm submitting something and it's on somebody's desk and I've never heard you know, it could be the situation that we don't have safety meetings anymore. Or even if we do have safety meetings, we don't really talk about it. Or mine wasn't chosen as the best one of the month or whatever. I would easily get discouraged and not want to participate because nobody was hearing me. So I think that that's great. Um, to wrap things up, I'd love to go back to um, the initial thought of mind around this whole mental health um, subject. And was there anything else on your mind um, as far as mental health in the workplace for the safety director, manager, for the employees, for the overall workforce? Um, anything else that you're seeing there? Well, I think I, I think one of the one of the things I think is so incredibly positive about the fact that we're even having the discussions. I mean, some pretty surprising folks. You know, people that you look at and say, you know, that person's rock solid. They've never had a problem there in their life. Well, they're, they're coming out and say, yeah, I have. <laughs> yeah. And is you know, some vulnerability are, you're saying it, it's, it's there. I mean, yeah. I mean, when, when people, when people are actually out and acknowledging that, you know, that, that this can happen to anybody, mm-hmm. then I think, I think as individuals, we, be, we become a little less, ashamed of having to acknowledge that, yeah, that can be a problem. Mm-hmm. And it's not, and, and there are certainly resources that we can go after, even if it's just helping each other, you can start overcoming some of that, but there are plenty of resources out there. Step one is say, yep, there's an issue. Mm-hmm. And, and once you're willing to take that step, then the rest of it gets a little easier, I think. Mm-hmm. And we have to, COVID will eventually pass. I'm not sure how long it's going to take everyone to recover from the, you know, after from effects the, and, we, yeah, the after effects and the, you know, the turmoil in our personal and professional lives. But, but it's step one is let's all, let's all acknowledge that it is an issue and then let's figure out what we can do about it. Yeah, I agree that the first step is to just talk about it openly at a safety meeting, at a, whether that's virtual or in person, or it's a company meeting, whatever it is to let your team know that, hey, in the past, we might've talked about hazards as it relates to lockout, tag out, as it relates to slip strips and falls and fall protection and whatever the subject, whatever the physical subject is, we've talked about those as recognized hazards. Let's talk about another recognized hazard and that's mental health. And that's, and what does that look like? What does that even mean? And that means, hey, is the person's if the person working next to you is feeling off, looking off, um, you're talking to them and they're just not their normal self, then that's a recognized hazard. Is that what I'm hearing you say is having, starting those types of conversations in the workforce to make it more normal and comfortable? Um, is that- even, ISO, even ISO came out 
with kind of a an extra, kind of an addendum almost. It's ISO 45003, oh. which is designed specifically to address psychosocial risks in okay. the workplace. Can you and talk more about that? I don't know too much about that. I, I, I just... I just read during the last uh, few months, I just read um, uh, the standard itself is, is available online and they it's, it's published and it's, it's, it's basically an, it's designed to be an addition to ISO 45,001 in which they, in which they specifically call out the kinds of the kinds of things that cause employees stress and the obligation that they think that employers should have to address those stresses. And, and what so, does it say around that? What what kind of employer responsibility is there or what kind of mm-hmm. foundational advice or what are they saying? What are they recommending? In essence, in essence, what they're what they're saying is you need to have just like a company has a mechanism for reporting physical hazards in the workplace and addressing those through an investigation and possibly changing work work habits. They need to have they need to have a mechanism for addressing um, what they uh, regard as social as psychosocial risks. So, for instance, if the workplace has, if there's enormous uh, pressure for additional productivity, with you know, without resources, that creates stress. That, that's a stress-creating uh, situation, and companies are obligated to address that. They can't just keep doing that if if it's pushing workers to the edge. Mm-hmm. So that's that's an example of of one that they came up with. So I. I it's just a further acknowledgement of of everyone's recognizing that these issues are out there mm-hmm. and and companies can't just ignore them and they seem and it does logically fall into the same structure as the rest of the safety management system mm-hmm. for being able to identify and address those and is that something that an EHS software could could help with as mm-hmm. as far as reporting those so am I Am I, I'm a safety director in-house, let's say for a construction company. So am I able to report a stress hazard as easily as I am able to report a physical hazard? The software capable of doing that? Is it the same form, just different different category? Uh, uh, The answer is absolutely. I mean, it's, it's simply another kind of a hazard. Uh, that's in the workplace. Yeah. So certainly we've we've allowed customers to report that sort of thing uh, almost from the beginning. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, no, that sounds. I think that opens up a whole nother conversation, and I think that that's that's amazing feedback for safety professionals, for management leadership listening. Is that if you're not encouraging already? Um, the psychol the 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 psychological piece of hazards, and that's something that's a takeaway today, and to start encouraging in your business at your company today, that these stress hazards are just as, if not more important, than the physical hazards that you can find in your workplace. 
That's huge for our listeners. So thank you so much, Tom, for bringing that to light. And I'm sure we'll have another conversation around it. But I think that that's something that everyone can start wrapping their mind around right now. So that's great. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, not really. It's always good to chat with the Apollonia. Absolutely. And once again, everyone, if you have any questions, if you want to reach out to Tom directly, feel free to. We're going to link up all of his social media points on this podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll chat with you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the True Safety Podcast with Apollonia Rockwell. If you are looking to save time and money with your safety program this year, we'd love to hear from you. Head to truesafetyservices.com slash podcast to schedule a free call with our team, where we will help you identify the biggest opportunities for growth in your company and safety program, and we'll connect you with the right resources to help you grow. Again, that is truesafetyservices.com slash podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you next week. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and share with your friends. If you know anyone who needs to hear this episode today, Click the share button and send them this episode.